Good morning, Chodesh Tov. A good Erev Shabbos to all. Apology that we're starting a little bit late. We dedicate the learning today, Le'ilu Nishmas, Yisroel Don Ben Chaim David, whose yard site is today. And Le'ilu Nishmas, Rebbe Liezer, Rebbe Nosn Yaakov, Yentefrado Bas Rebbe Shuarie, Harini Kaporas Mishkovom, Zahav Bas Rebbe Avrom, Sipkarifka Bas Rebbe and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chavivachana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, Nayanachama Basgalia, Tzvi Yosef Ben Chayesora Sima, Chayrezel Bas Shendel Doibra, Yosef Ben Sidya Yehudis, Menachem Ben Rishabasha, Ben Yom Yitzchok Ben Liba Margarit, Chayeshufia Shoshana Basora, Daniel Boruch ben Sora, Vivachaya bas Estemindel, David Yishayo ben Sora, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Tali bas Yael, Avigail Brocha bas Shiradvoira, David Lei ben Shena, Lei ben Jenya, Hillel Yisrael ben Sora, Nechem Yizalman ben Sora Fega, Avram Dove ben Chana, Sori Gittel bas Chanariva, Ides bas Mariam Brindel, Michal Sora bas Hadassah, Gittel bas Sipoira, Libalea bas Sipoira, Aviv Elana bas Yispehendel, Sarocha bas Yispehendel, Yehudis Ruchama bas Chavarus, Sori Yehudis bas Sora, Dove ben Behia, Shendel bas Lea, Behia basi bas Shendel, Nus Nachman ben Shendel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Shloimba ben Rifkesh Prinza, Chava Meira Bas Chana Soro, Eliyahu Yoshua Ben Rochel, Chana Naomi Bas Ella, Besoyet Shar Chavi Yisrael. We're continuing the last part of this halacha of Yoridea Chavit Sheni, Hilchas Pien Bechoyer, Halacha Dalid, Paragraph Hei. Ve'inyan hachamish eshkolim shel hapidyoyim, Regarding the fact that we use specifically five shekel, five coins for pigyan aben, yesh l'rames shehem keneged hachamisha tikunim hamavoyorim batoyra zois. Rav says it's possible to associate it with the five major tikunim that Rabbein discusses in chapter four in the second half of Likut Imran, which this halacha has been based on. Rabbeinazal explains over there, and Rabbeinazal starting from the end and working his way back. Rabbeinazal there mentions a problem, that there's a problem that there are people that get old, and in their old age, they're not doing anything. They're in retirement mode. They're not learning, they're not davening that much, they're not doing mitzvahs, mais, and toivim, and the, the, their days are considered to be fallen, defective. And Rabbi Nezal says there that in order to correct this, and Rabbi Nezal quotes a posseh, that when the days are short, meaning they're not being filled with good things, then it's it's full of anger. And we know that one of the things that a Eases, Hashem, the most is tzedakah. So Rabbi Nezal says there that through tzedakah, we elevate and repair the damage that was done by these fallen days of the elders that are not living properly. They're not adding new das, new mitzvahs every single day. And through the tzedakah, this brings about the downfall of the Meitzah Hanochosh. Meitzah Hanochosh means one of the most, one of the highest, most powerful levels of Tumah, the source from which all Tumah emanates from. We bring about the downfall of the Meitzah Hanochosh, which draws from these days of these elders who are not using the days properly. This is one Tikkun that Rabbi Nezal describes over there in Likud Yamran. And when we correct this problem of the, the Zekenim that are mis- misbehaving, through this there rises up and shines forth the light 
of the holy zikainim, shehim bechinas meitzach they represent and they feed the highest level of holiness, which is called meitzach harotzoim. Vezeh bechinas tikun sheni, this is the second tikun that's mentioned there. Vaoz yechoyel hachachonen lekasher kol haritzoinois l'shoyresh harotzoim. And when that's accomplished, it enables all of the Chachamim to be able to connect all of the Ritzonos, everything in this world that's a display of the will of Hashem, to connect it to the source of Ratzon, to the Meitzach HaRatzon. And this really reveals and broadcasts a message to the world that everything in the world is going according to the will of Hashem. <clears throat> that everything is being conducted in the world only based on the will of Hashem. That's the third tikkun. Rabbi Nezal says there in the Kutimran that when all of this rotzain is repaired, the Meitzach rotzain. <clears throat> and the little Ritzayna is being connected to the, to the higher Ritzayn, that generates Yira. Rabbi Nezal quotes the Pasuk, Ritzayn Yireyav Yaseh. Vezebechinas Tikkun Revi. That's the fourth Tikkun. Validei HaYira, and when the Yira is in place, Nase Kli Lekabel HaChesed. That becomes the vessel into which Hashem can pour the full measure of chesed that Hashem wants to give. Va'oz miskayim, and then we can see the fulfillment of kol meleches maise bereshis bechazdo yisporach levad. Then we can see everything that Hashem created functioning purely through the chesed of Hashem. There's no need to work, there's no need to plant, to harvest. The chesed of Hashem will provide everything for us. All the work will be done by others. This is the fifth tikkun that's mentioned over there. And all five of these tikkunim are activated and accomplished and initiated through proper tzedakah, which repairs the damage that was caused by those elders that are not living properly. And that leads to accomplishing all of these five tikkunim that we described here. As Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 4 in the second half of Likud Yaman. And that's why one of the main focuses in the word tzedakah is that letter hey at the end. As Rabbi Nezal explains in chapter 67 of Likud Imran, the Zohar Kodesh speaks about tzedek and tzedakah. Tzedek is a term used, the Tikkun Ezor says tzedek malchusa kadisha. That tzedek is a term applied to the malchus of Hashem. However, when it's not in a complete state, when the malchus is lacking, it's called tzedek. When it's complete, it's called tzedakah. And over there in chapter 67, Likud Imran, Rabbi Nezal explains each one of the letters, what the tzedek represents, what the dalit represents, what the kuf represents, and how the hay is what really completes everything. And this gives us an idea regarding the five silver coins that are used in a pigeon aben. Nimtza, we conclude therefore, Sheikar Kedushas Bechor Lakoyhein Kedei Legalois Meitzacharotzoin. That one of the main aspects of the holiness of the firstborn, which has to be given to the koyen, is in order to reveal this Meitzach this highest level of light and kindness of Hashem. In order to enable us to attach all the different displays of the will of Hashem 
to attach all of them to this highest level, this Meitzach HaRatzon. And in order to reveal the light, this light, this high level light that's called Ratzon, which usually refers to the Keser Atik, these highest levels. And what is that in simple terms? Give me that in English, in practical English. To make it known and clear to the world, that Hashem does not have to operate the world based on nature or based on any of the laws of nature. But rather, everything is being conducted in the world purely based on the will of Hashem. Now, Rav Nosson is the cherry on top. And based on everything we've been learning here, we can understand why the Shulchan Aruch tells us in Yeridea, chapter 305, which speaks about Pigyan Aben, we know that there are cases where a baby starts coming out of the mother's womb and then goes back in, sort of. And there are times when there are twins that have to come out, and it's a whole delicate operation as to which one to take out first. And sometimes they try to start taking out one, and the other one pushes out first. So the Gemara in Nida, and your, the Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea says that how do we know, how do we define who is the firstborn baby? The answer is that when the forehead, padachas, is another word for meitzach, when the padachas of the child comes out, that's when the child is considered born. And Rav Nosenzal says now, ki ikar haledo tolui bahapadachas, because the whole concept of a child being born is dependent especially on the forehead, the padachas, shehu ha-meitzach. Ki ikar kol ha-hilodoi sheboilam, heim b'shvil e-galoi sorotzen boilam. Because the main reason for all births in the world, anything that's born, is to reveal the will of Hashem. That anyone who will open their eyes and look honestly and see a baby being born, or lahavdil, even a baby bird, or a, a baby calf, or something like that being born, a person who has a little bit of seich, a little bit of brains and honesty, will realize that there has to be a Hashem to make such a thing happen. And it's all about revealing the rot sign of Hashem. Because this is the underlying reason why Hashem sustains the world. And Hashem renews every single day the act of creation. And Hashem gives the ability and the life force for things to reproduce from generation to generation. Hakoil, what is it all really all about? To reveal the existence and the presence of Hashem and the kingdom of Hashem and the will of Hashem in the world. As it says in Ashrei, which we say every day, One generation will pass on to the next generation the praises regarding all of Hashem's actions and Hashem's power, they will tell over. That one generation will, will realize and inform the next generation regarding all the actions of Hashem and Hashem's strength. That Hashem created everything through his will, and Hashem leads and controls and operates everything according with his will. And that's the reason behind why we have to sanctify the firstborn, 
And we know that all future births, all are drawn from and connected to that first birth, that Bechoyer. Because by doing this, we reveal that everything is based on the will of Hashem, as we've explained throughout this whole halacha, the past few shirin. And this is why the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch say that when is a child considered having been born? When the Meitzach is revealed, when the Padachas is revealed. Because the source, the origin of Ratzayin, Kabbalistically, is in the Meitzach. Bechinas Meitzach Ratzayin. This term Meitzach Ratzayin, which comes from the Zohar Kodesh, and Rabbein Zal, all Sifrei Kabbal, all Sifrei Hasidus, refer to it. Baruch Hashem. Question in the chat. How exactly does Tzedakah correct the sin of the old men who are not adding holiness to their days? We mentioned lightly before, but we'll clarify it. Rabbein Salveh brings a posuk, Ktsar Yomim Usva Roiges. Short days, full of anger. That when the days are not, are short, meaning they're not being they're not long days. Rabbein Yisrael in chapter sixty and other places defines a long day as a day that's filled with good things, with Torah, with Tefillah, with Mitzvahs Meisim Toivim, with new Das that a person is advancing every single day. That's called long life. Those people who are in retirement mode. They're doing nothing or doing next to nothing. I didn't do anything today. That's the opposite. That's ktsar yomim, that's short days, usva roiges, full of anger. We mentioned the concept of a grouchy old person, chas Whereas tzedaka is the exact opposite of anger. Tzedaka appeases. We find in this coming Shabbos, at Mincha, we're going to read Parshas Truma. We're going to read the beginning of Parshas Truma. There it speaks about Stoka. It speaks about donating to the Mishkan. And it says there, Kol Nediv Lev Yevi'eho is Truma Sashem. Every person who has goodwill in their heart, Nediv Lev means generous. A person who wants to give, a person who wants to give will donate to the Beisamikdosh to the Mishkan. So tzedakah is an expression of goodwill. I want to help the other person. I want to give. Tzedakah is one of the clearest, highest forms of rotzain, which goodwill, which is the opposite of roiges, anger, kas. Question in the chat, a very important question. Does Hashem decide everything? Man has Bechira. Can he not, for example, kill another person even though it's not the person's time? The answer is that Bechira is a decision on the part of Hashem. Giving a person Bechira, Hashem letting out the leash, that's a decision on the part of Hashem. Lahavdil, a fisherman, when he's going catching fish and when he hooks a fish, and those that know how to fish properly know that there are times that you pull in the fish, and there are times that you have to let the reel out a little. You have to give the fish room to go in order to succeed in, in pulling him in completely. And, and this, 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 so that even Bechira is completely guided by the will of Hashem and control of Hashem. The fact that Hashem chooses to give Bechira, like Hashem gave Paroi the ability to choose to go against him, and when Hashem decides, he changes, he changes the game. And Hashem makes it very, very clear, clear enough that there's almost no Bechira. Or sometimes Hashem can actually take away a person's Bechira. Rab Nosan Zal discusses this in Likuti Alochis, that there is a concept whereby sometimes Hashem will allow the Sotom to take away a person's Bechira and to like force a person to fall, to do something wrong. And because the person's Bechira has been taken away, the person is not liable for the fall. 
person is not responsible. It's being done as a test to see, is the person going to get up? Is the person going to use this as an excuse to stay down or to walk away from Hashem, to say, ah, forget it. This, uh, I see I'm a loser. I can't succeed. Look at this. You see I fell? Or is the person going to pick themselves up again and again with stubbornness and, and, and succeed? So even the Bechira, even the concept of Bechira, is still under the guidance and direction and will of Hashem. We say that that person is able to do something even though Hashem really wouldn't want them to do it. So Hashem is just like when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, step aside and I want to destroy the Jewish people and bring a new nation from you. Moshe Rabbeinu heard the word step aside and he understood. And the targum of those words step aside is stop davening. Moshe Rabbeinu understood that Hashem is hinting to him the fact that he has the ability to stop this. He has the ability to block Hashem from doing what he just said he wants to do. Because even though Hashem said that's what he wants to do, Moshe Rabbeinu, the tzaddikim know what Hashem really wants. That even though Hashem is saying, I want this, it's not my first choice. My first choice would really be if the people could do a complete tshuva. Baruch Hashem. Now we start a new halacha, halacha hey which is based on chapter 7 in the second half of Likud Imran. This is based on the chapter in Likud Imran, which begins that those who have real kindness, they are the ones who are qualified to lead the Jewish people. Study that chapter in Likud Imran as an introduction to this halacha. Rabbeinazal explains over there Rabbeinu Sal explains there that when the Torah tells us the first mitzvah in the Torah is to perpetuate mankind, to get married and have children in order to that there should be a continuity to the world, the main reason, what that's really all about is to have children who will be baleideya, children who know. What do they know? They know that there's a Hashem. They know that Hashem created the world and Hashem is running the world. And there's a book that defines exactly what Hashem's expectations are from us. That book is the Torah Hashem. I and Shem take a look over there in Likut Imran, where Rabbi discusses the Gemara, which speaks about Me'inian ben v'talmid, regarding a person having a son and a student. She'al nishar And by a person having a son and teaching that son about Hashem, v'shinantam levanecha, and by a person having students, through this, by accomplishing that, even when the person leaves the world and they leave behind the son and the student, then that person's das is continuing in the world, in their son, in their student. That's the main thing that a person leaves behind in the world after they leave the world. Because there's nothing of real significance that a person leaves behind in the world when they leave the world other than the das that they shined into their children and their students. Study this concept well over there in chapter 7 in the second half of Likut Yaman. Rabbi Nisal quotes the Gemara, which bases this concept on a Pesach in Tehillim. The Pesach says, Asher ein lamai, A person who did not leave a replacement, a substitute for themselves, 
and the person did not have real respect for Hashem. <clears throat> so the Gemara says there, there are two opinions. One rabbi says this replacement means a son, a ben. The other rabbi says it means a Talmud, a student. Rabbi Nezal over there explains and shows how a son is a student and a student is a son. A son is a student because the Pasuk says, that if you have a son, you're supposed to teach him Torah. So he be, he's a student also. And a student is a son because the Gemara says, that when a person teaches someone else's child Torah, it's as if they gave birth to that child. So a Ben is a Talmud and a Talmud is a Ben. And Rabbi Nezal explains further there, that by merging together the Ben and the Talmud, by making sure that the Ben is a Talmud and making sure that the Talmud is a Ben also, by accomplishing that, if the person is strong, then that person will be able during eating, to be able to receive to be able to receive this incredible, incredible high-level light from Hashem that's called which is above all the spheres. This is the keser or the attic, this level called rotsoin. The ikr ha-parnosa nimshach miyam ha because Rabbi Nassau goes on over there to show how Parnosa comes from something called the Yam HaChochma, the Sea of Chochma. It's interesting, nothing is coincidence. Today is Rosh Chodesh, and on Rosh Chodesh, it's a custom in, during Shachris to recite Borchi Nafshi, one of the chapters in Tehillim. Borchi Nafshi, I believe it's chapter 104 in Tehillim. And in Borchi Nafshi, is the psukim that Rav Nosenzal quotes that Rabbeinazal quotes over there in Likutimran to show how Parnosa comes from the Yam HaChochma. This is in paragraph Yud. This chapter in Likutimran that this halach is based on is one of the longer ones. It's a Shabbos Hanukkah shir that Rabbeinazal gave. And over there in, in paragraph 10 is where Rabbeinazal speaks about the bringing together of the Ben and Talmud. And then he says that once this is revealed during eating, then a person who is prepared to gird their loins, to be a supporter, to be a breadwinner, that person will be able to, which means he has some authority, it, that person will be able to bring Parnosa. Because Parnosa comes from the Malchus. Rabbi Nezal shows there, that in Doniel, in, in, the Navi says that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and in his dream he saw a tree, and on this tree was food that provides for everyone, all living things. And when Doniel interpreted the dream, he said, the tree is you, the king. So Parnassah comes from Malchus. And Rabbi Nassau shows there, it's too long to go into right now, he shows from a Pasuk in Rus, that at that through the Malchus, the, there's a Pasuk where Boyaz said to Rus, during eating, goishi haloin, approach, approach. And the Gemara says, ein haloin ela Malchus. The term haloin refers to Malchus. The Gemara brings a proof that during eating, if a person's eating properly, they, they are making a connection to this Malchus. And in fact, Rabbi Nassau once said that when a person is eating, a person should eat with dignity, as if they're sitting in front of a king, as if they're sitting in front of an important person. And then Rabbi Nassau goes on to quote a Pusik again in chapter 104 in Tehillim, the Pusik Zeh Hayom Godol Urechav Yodayim. This sea is large and, and wide handed. And, and we know Parnassa is associated with the opening of the hands. And it's in that 
chapter of Tehillim where it goes on to say, Hashem provides us with all of our food, all of our needs at the right time. So there in paragraph 10 in this Torah, Rabbi Nezal gives an elaborate explanation to show how a person who follows this, what we said about having a son and a student and teaching them properly, that person is able to draw parnosa. Study all of this well over there in Likutei Maran. And now Rav Nosenzal brings this back to our topic, to the topic of Pidyan Bechor. Paragraph Beis. Based on that chapter, Likutei will understand the holiness of Bechor and why it's a mitzvah to give the Bechor to the Kohen and then to redeem him back, to buy him back from the Kohen. With money. When a person has a child, and especially a son, the, the father, the parent has the parents have to see to it that this child should receive holy das. Shehu hadas this refers especially to the holy das, which the tzaddik, the holy rabbi, is giving over to his children and students. Because this is the real, most important reason for producing children. And of all the children, the most important one, generally, is the bechoyer, the firstborn. And again, the Arizal shows how the main light of the parents goes into that firstborn child. The rest of the children get what's left over, in a sense. And, and whatever they get, they're receiving also via the Bechor. And this is why the father has to especially make sure to give over this holy das to that firstborn son. And this is why we have this procedure of giving this child to the kohen and then redeeming him, take buying him back. Because the kohen represents the rabbi, the tzaddik, who is the one who is shining das into both the son and the student. As Rabbi Nassau explains over there in paragraph Dalit, we know there's the pasuk, Ki that on the lips of the Koyen are found Das, and you will seek Torah from his mouth. So the Koyen represents Das in general. But over there in paragraph Dalid, Rabbi Nizal shows clearly how this is tied in specifically to the Koyen. I apologize, it's taking me a minute or two to find it. I, I remember, but I don't remember the details where I believe, I'm wondering if it's possible that it's not in paragraph Dalit, just a moment, because Rabbi Nazar later on in this chapter on Likut Imran shows how the Beis Hamikdash is a place of students and children. The Beis Hamikdash is called Chadar Hamitois, the room of beds, which, which refers to bringing children into the world, and the Beis Hamikdash is also where you had the, the highest category of rabbis, the Sanhedrin Agdola, teaching Torah, the, the concept of the Talmud. Interesting. It's very possible that that's what Rav Nassim is referring to. Maybe if I see it over Shabbos, Belinette will mention it again in the shir that we give Sunday morning. Okay. V'alkein al yidei ha nimshach al haben kedusha sadasana. 
And therefore, by giving the child to the Kohen, we're enabling the child to receive this holy das from that contact with the Kohen. This is going to be the main das, wisdom, knowledge, is the main life of the child and the existence of the child. We always quote the Pesach, Chochmah gives life to the one who acquires it. Because without Das, the child is not called a human being. Rabbi Nezal brings that the word Adam is bigimatria 45, which is three times yud Hey. The letters yud Hey of Hashem's name refer to Seichel, Chochmah and Bina and Das. The letters yud Hey. Three times yud Hey corresponds to the three parts of the brain. So the title Adam, the title human being, refers to a person who has Das. That's what that's what gives us the that qualifies us for this honorable title of Adam. Now I see two questions in the chat. One question was: what if the Roiges is on the part of another person towards you? Can giving stalker help? The answer is most definitely yes. Giving stalker removes anger. It counters anger. What anger? Any anger. Anger from Hashem to a person. Anger from a person to Hashem. Anger from other people towards me or anger that I have towards other people. Another question. that we find in one of Rabbi Nezal's he writes that a person should try to have as many children as possible and not worry too much about how they're going to turn out because Mashiach is going to rectify everyone. <clears throat> how does that go together with this idea that the main purpose of having children is bringing new dots into the world? The answer is that both statements are 100% accurate and correct. To a person who's considering marriage and considering having children, we tell that person it's a great idea. Get married. Bring children into the world. Why? What's the main reason? Another body? Another mouth to feed? No. More das in the world. To increase the das of the world. Because by you, the parent, studying Torah and observing Torah and passing that on to your children, you're increasing the das of the world. And that's the main mission statement of, of the whole world. To a person who, who's having children and they're not necessarily being successful in giving over this das, they see that one child accepts it more, one child accepts it less, and a person gets disappointed. And a person says, what did I do this for? What did I bring? And I certainly don't want to bring more children in the world if I see I'm not being successful with these children. Rabbi Nassau says, no, there still is the mitzvah. It's still the right thing to bring children into the world because even if the parents are not successful, even if the child doesn't receive or accept this dastic dushin, then you should know that in the end, eventually, Moshiach is going to make a tikkun for all of these children. And therefore, the more children, the more tikkun. So both statements are correct. They're not contradicting each other. Any other questions, please? And now we'll understand also why after giving this firstborn son to the Koyen, now I, I, I buy him back. Because Rabbi Nassau explains over there in the later part, latter part of that chapter, on the Kutiman, <clears throat> that the main flow of Parnosa to a family comes from the Das of the son and the student. Now, this means Das being given over, being given over to children and students. But Rabbi Nassau shows there also in that Ben and Talmud represent two types of Das. 
Rabbi Nassau explains there that because a child is actually physically a part of the father, the child begins as seed in the brain of the father. Because of that, a child has a natural closer relationship to the father than a student has to the rabbi. That's the norm, that's standard. And therefore, Rabbi Nassau says there, that the concept of a son and a student represent two levels of knowledge. The son represents a higher level of knowledge, much more advanced. The student represents a lower level of knowledge. And Rabbi Nezal shows there how a person teaching has to know who they're dealing with. They have to know what message to give over to the advanced students and what message to give over to the beginners or to people who are struggling. It's two different messages. One gets the message of the other one gets the message of and Rabbein Azal expounds on this over there. And now Rabbein Azal says there that it's through these two types of das, the das of Ben and the das of Talmud, a person who, who achieves this has the ability during eating to receive this and this explains why all Jews are required to give to the Kohanim certain gifts from our food, from what we are going to eat. There's truma, and there's trumas meiser, and there's other matnas kuna when we're eating meat. There's chaza v'shoik, the breast and the thigh of the animal that has to be given to the koyen. The koytem shemafrishin hamatonois osur lecho mehatvua. And before we separate what's supposed to be given to the kohen, the truma, we're not allowed to eat from that produce. Kikol hoachila vapranoso nimshach mehakoyen. Because all of our eating and all of our parnosa comes via the koyhein, shekohul mehaoras ben v'talmin. Rabbi Nezal shows they how the koyhein is a composite, a combination of the light of the ben and the talmid. We know that a koyhein is the son of a koyhein, is the son of a koyhein. So kohuna is something that's passed down from father to son on one hand. And we also showed how koyhein represents das, so the coin represents the das of the Ben and the Talmud. And this is why Hashem commanded the Kohanim to be the ones to give the bracha to the Jewish nation. That the Kohanim are the ones through whom Hashem gives us parnasa and wealth. As it says, Hashem. The Koyhanim are the ones who say these words, Hashem. May Hashem bless you. And the Medrash says, bless you with what? With money. Because all of our money and parnasa comes to us via the Kohanim. And that's why right after that first sentence, it says, May Hashem shine the light of His face upon you and fill you with grace. This refers to the light of Hashem's face. This is tied into something else that Rabbi Nezal speaks about in that chapter of Likut Iman, that there's the Yam HaChachma, the sea of knowledge, and there's higher than that. There's the knowledge that we are not capable of achieving it. That's called Makifin, something that's not inside of our head. It's like a halo. It's outside of our head. Makif, it encircles and surrounds our head. That's like the Keser, a crown is something which encircles, it's not in the head, it circles, it surrounds the head, it's above the head. These are the makifin, the keser, which shines into the yam ha-chachma. 
שמישו נמשך האור הסרוצים בשעס ואכילו. And Rabbeinu Sal shows them in the Kutimran that it's from these makifen that are feeding into the Yama Chochma that a person who's eating properly will receive this He'oras Harotzayim, this incredible desire and longing for Hashem and this flow of goodwill from Hashem during eating. Remember, in Birka Samozah, in the first bracha, one of the most important statements we make there is, Koiseach es yodecho, that Hashem satiates each and every person with Ratzayin. As Rabbi Nezal explains this over there in Likut Emran. Because all money and parnasa and wealth comes from there, from the Yam HaChochma, from the Makifin. And by us giving to the Koyen those gifts that the Torah requires us to give to the Koyen from what we're eating, that enables us to receive the Holy Das from the Koyen, which is these two types of Das, these two levels of Das, the das of the son and the das of the student, and this is what makes our eating holy. And this is what enables us during eating to be able to receive this this incredible high-level light. Now, there are people who are not familiar at all with Hasidus, with Kabbalah, they'll hear what we're saying here, and this they'll say this is pure Hasidus, blankety-blank. They'll, they'll deride this, they'll make fun of this. This is mamish. This is, again, for people who don't learn Torah. Everybody knows that if you learn Torah, you have everything. There's nothing bigger, there's nothing more important than learning Torah. Eating, you have to eat, of course, but eating could, is sort of like a bitl Torah. They're coming from a place of lack of knowledge. That's all. They're coming from a place of lack of knowledge of Torah. They, they learn first grade, second grade, third grade. They learn the, the, the smaller, the lower levels of Torah. And they don't know that there are higher levels that show us. We know that the Beis Hamikdash, in the Beis Hamikdash, it doesn't say they pulled out Gemaras. It says they brought, they brought animals, sacrifices, and the Koyan eats this, and the owner of the Korban eats this. What's going on here? It's like a Hasidic shul where all they're doing, all they're doing is eating. They're eating, and they're singing. On top of that, they're even singing also. Who sings in a holy place? Who's you know they're supposed to be singing? No singing, no eating. It's just Yiddishkeit is just only about learning Torah. Excuse me. In the Beis Hamikdash, that's not what we saw. We saw singing. We saw musical instruments. We saw eating. There's pages and pages and pages about what you eat. And if you eat it over here or you eat it over there, all of this, Achila is an incredible high level. The Arizal has pages and pages expounding on Achila, how special Achila is when it's done properly, when it's being done properly. There's a Breslov Sefer called Lechem Haponim. We know that in the Beis Hamikdash, one of the very holy carbonists were the 12 breads that, that were placed on the shulchan in the Beis Hamikdash. <clears throat> and they were miracle bread where they put it there on Friday. And the next Friday, it was as fresh as it had ju just been baked. And again, there's a lot written about it. So one of the tzaddikim in Breslau put together a sefer called Lechem Aponim, which gathers together all the sources in Rabbeinu Zalzvarim and Rabbeinu Zalzvarim and some additional things about Achila, the significance of Achila. And again, you'll find it everywhere. Is there anything on the holiness of eating in classic non-Hasidic sources? The answer is sure. The first Mishnah in Shas, which speaks about reciting the Shema, says, you know when? From when the Kohanim go to eat their truma in the evening. So page one, paragraph one in the Gemara, speaks about eating. It's all over. It's all over the Chumash. It's all over the Torah. There's pages and pages on, on eating about food. 
the first event in, in Adam Arishan's life, just about, was eating. Was eating. Hashem said, don't eat this and only eat that. And the, the, the Gemara says, the Medrash says, that the angels would roast meat for Adam Arishan. Imagine all of this bittle toil, all of this Hasidish stuff. All of this eating. How did that get into the Chumash? How did that get into the Gemara? The answer is because this is a critical part of life and therefore a critical part of Yiddishkeit. And now today is Erev Shabbos. Regarding Erev Shabbos, don't eat too much so that you'll have appetite for Shabbos. Because Achila Shabbos, wow, that's incredible. Rabbi Nezal shows in chapter 57 on the Kutim Ram that we know when the Jews go out to battle, one of the most powerful things that ensures their success is fasting, not eating. The, the word for fasting in Hebrew is tsoin. Tsoin makes up the first letters of the Pasuk, Vechatoisi Mipona Tsoro. Hashem says, I will slice away from before you all of your enemies. The first letters of those three words make the word tsoin. So therefore, fasting is what enabled the Jewish people to be victorious over their enemies. Today is the first day of Rosh Chodesh of Adorishan. We're headed towards Purim in, in 45 days approximately. Esther Amalka says, Vitsumu alai, fast for me, fast for me, because I'm going into Hashverosh, and this could be the end of the Jewish people, Chas Vashon, forever, or it could be a complete, the greatest victory of all time, and a whole new set of converts coming and joining the Jewish nation. Fasting. And, and it's Rabbi Nezal shows in that chapter in Likut Imran that Achilas Shabbos, eating on Shabbos, accomplishes the same thing and more. There's a pasuk, Lahashbis Oyev Umisnakim, to wipe out the enemy and, and revenge, take revenge. The Lahashbis is Milos and Shabbos. Rabbi Nezal says this refers to Achilas Shabbos, which is Kuloi Kodesh. We should be zeched to know when not to eat, when not to drink, before davening shachris, to do our best not to eat and not to drink. And, and when there's a sudas mitzvah of any type, pas shachris, sudas mitzvah, Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, it's brought in Rosh Chodesh. There's a special union of making a special, a sudas Rosh Chodesh. And it's brought up when Rosh Chodesh is on Shabbos, it's very, very good to add something additional besides the Shabbos, the standard Shabbos foods, to add something else for Rosh Chodesh, to acknowledge that it's Rosh Chodesh. We should be zeichah to learn Torah from the Tzadikim Amitian, from Rabbein Azal, the other Tzadikim who, who show us the whole Torah. They don't skip any pages. They don't leave out any significant things in Yiddish. They don't focus only on certain things and ignore everything else. We should be zeichet to learn, to study the entire Torah and to fulfill the entire Torah. Be zeichet to the Geula Shleima, the coming of Moshiach. Anything else before we close? Wishing everybody a good Shabbos and a good Chodesh.